Hello, my name is Shane Lafredo, and I'm today's podcast host. I'm going to be discussing civil rights legislation and backlash during the Reconstruction Era. So I'm going to try to keep it nice and short, considering it's a little late for me to be doing this. However, I want to discuss everything that I researched, because I spent a lot of time researching, and I even researched while sick, so I really want to get everything that I researched out, or it would be kind of useless for me to have spent all that time researching. So... Today's first topic I'm going to be talking about is how were the marginalized groups such as newly freed African Americans affected by the Reconstruction Era. Now, the Reconstruction Era was a a large step forward considering what had occurred during this time period. Now, I'm not going to say that it was a huge step forward towards where we are right now, but it it was a big step forward and a big step forward away from a horrible time period. Now, just prior to the Reconstruction Era, we were seeing tons of horrific slavery going down the South, Confederacy fighting the North, so you can clearly see that by the end of the Reconstruction Era, there are some big changes that have been made. So the first one we're going to start off with is the 13th Amendment. Yes, the 13th Amendment was basically the amendment that ended the institution of slavery. Now, it didn't exactly end slavery right on the spot they didn't just take all the slaves and free everybody and they weren't going the government officials weren't going to everyone's homes and checking to see if they were keeping slaves it wasn't like that but it ended the institution so now there weren't going to be opportunities for people to buy slaves anymore so it basically led to the the demise of slavery which was a very good thing for the country and it was a large step towards what needed to be done in progression now this was a very good time period for African Americans. Like uh, after the Thirteenth Amendment was ratified, this led. Obviously, there was discrimination and there was terrible things being done to African Americans. But this meant that they can now begin to live their lives as people. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, they were able to leave these plantations, leave these areas, and start their own lives, start their own families, do this and do that that normal people could do back then, that that normal anyone could do, that free people could do back then that wasn't considered normal to African Americans because majority of African Americans were enslaved, so the norm was new to them. And obviously so, because if you are kept in captivity and kidnapped for decades and your family has been know nothing but what living in slavery is like this is completely new to you this is not considered normal to you this is something greater to you so i think that it was a great step forward and i think that it really allowed the opportunity for the african-american community to grow and progress towards what they needed to become as free people what they were being given were scraps of rights they weren't even be give, being given the basic rights and this directly leads into the 14th amendment now the 14th amendment meant that citizenship was to be provided for all people born in the US no it did not discriminate by race it did not discriminate by gender it meant every single person born in the US was now a citizen so what did this mean like i stated in the 13th amendment 
this ended slavery and it allowed people to, you know, move away from plantations. But this realized, this really settled in that they were able to buy property now. They were able to do things that they weren't able to do in the past. Go to the markets, go here, go there. They were able to do things that what weren't con- weren't considered opportunity for African American people before because if you if you saw during the time period before to be an African American and own property it was very there was a very slim chance to do that and the 14th amendment made this a general thing for all all of the African American community which really hit hard on the progression, hit hard on making sure that the U.S. people knew that they were progressing away from slavery and they were progressing towards allowing the marginalized communities to grow and become more whole as a community, become the quote-unquote normal. And I think that it really it really ends off with the 15th Amendment. Now, the 15th Amendment was arguably one of the most important legislation acts, bills, laws of this period because yeah, sure it did not it did not end slavery. Sure it did not provide rights for all citizens, but it it did allow the African American community have more of a voice. Due to the fact that it gave all male citizens the right to vote, this meant that African Americans could now have an impact on the legislation being passed, on the people being put into office, and it made it easier for African Americans to elect more African American voices into Congress, into higher positions, and this meant that the country could grow in a way that we were completely scrapping slavery behind us, and we were pushing towards the new future. And, obviously, you know, we, we, we cannot skip over the fact that the Reconstruction Act of 1867 really piled home, well, should I say, it started, we started with that Reconstruction Act of 1867. I went a little backwards, but that's because I think that the amendments were very important. I think that the Reconstruction Act of 1867, although extremely important, I think that we need to discuss the amendments, you know, a little more because they had something to do with the progression of the country as a whole. But the Reconstruction Act of 1867, the fact that it divided the South into five military districts was perfect because it allowed for the South to, I wouldn't say perfect, but I would say it was perfect in the sense that it did not allow the Southern states to reconnect. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is if the Southern states entered the U.S. and had their own state governments, the same as when they were in the Confederacy, we would have probably seen another civil war because they would have just tried to do it again. Because they would have tried to do it again. And I think that separating them into five military districts and being run by the Union Army, like generals, meant that they could not establish a plan to insurrect again. They could not, they could not rebel again because they were being watched over by the government. And to get, um, you know, letters and 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 to talk to other states' governments. They were talking directly to other union governments. So they could not pass these these te- like terrible acts of, oh, slavery this and slavery that. They were there 
to the, the union government was there to prevent anything from happening and i think that they did a perfect job of preventing this from happening while the amendments the important things that were being passed in the law were being put into place and i think that the 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 Re Re reconstruction act of 1867 although not seen as much not as important because it doesn't still affect the us but it affected the us back then in the fact that it let the amendments affect the us as a whole going forward now, with with all with all things such as legislation in the U.S., we cannot go without talking about the backlash. Now, um, we know that the Confederacy was just just dissolved as at at this point, and and this meant that many of the Southerners were extremely pressed and angry about the amendments because. They had just finished fighting to keep slavery going, to prevent the Union from causing this ending slavery. And this, the people of the South being admitted and being forced to ad ratify the amendments and follow the Reconstruction Act, they were, they were, they were very angry about this. So now, what, what do we think happened? Like, let's take a look back, and we all know that there's a certain group that has the same three letters that was a prevalent... A terrorist group during this time period. That's right, the KKK. The KKK was a huge piece of backlash. Now, when I mean huge, I mean huge. The KKK had violently attacked multiple Republican leaders, multiple Republican African American leaders, and African Americans who, you know, stated their voiced their opinion against these white nationalists. The KKK was very adamant about going against the amendments the south as a whole was going against the amendments and they would not stop verbally and violently rectifying all of those who tried to put these laws into place and and all of those who supported the laws in the south it was it was it was almost impossible for somebody to even state that they agreed with one of the amendments because they would be hurt they would be harmed not only verbally but like like violently it, and it's it's terrible to discuss because you know as 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 they should have known they got you know they got killed the, the south got killed during the civil war so the fact that they were thinking that they were in the right to talk or even discuss and be racist was crazy because they just got readmitted like not many not many not many weeks ago not, not many sorry not many not many years months they were just brandly admitted, and the fact that they were talking about this and backlashing really showed that back then, although there was a progression towards going away from slavery, they the, there was still racism, and the racism was still, although not accepted by many people in the North, it was still like common. It was still nobody did anything about it, and and it's terrible to talk about in the South, because we all know that the South has a history and a past for being racist, but. The fact that this this went on for so long in the backlash and the violence and the verbal abusage of people who even supported the amendments is cr is crazy to me. But to move away from that, before I, I can I can go into it, a whole discussion about the KKK in the South and how how terrible and how hindrance it was for the country. We're gonna go and talk about the um, we're gonna talk about the the the. The election of 1868. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't get my words out. The election of 1868 is an interesting thing. Now, what do I mean by interesting? What I mean by interesting is the fact that we did not get to see Abraham Lincoln during the Reconstruction era. Now, why would that be important? 
Abraham Lincoln was the one who was president during the Civil War. Now, we all know that Abraham Lincoln, he passed the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed the slaves in the South, didn't, slave the, didn't free the slaves in the North. However, we do not know what his stance on, was on for the Reconstruction Era. We don't know what he was going to do to change the U.S. So, we get... Now... A man by the name of Ulysses S. Grant here, who runs for office, and he wins. He beats uh, he beats a man by the name Seymour. He beats a man by the name of Seymour. First name, I believe, is Horatio. I don't know how to say it. Horatio, 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 Horatio Seymour, and he beats him. And the Democrats are. Obviously, you know, ticked off, ticked off, ticked off about the fact that a Republican won, and there's a lot of backlash. Obviously, the KKK continues to go after Republican leaders, continues to verbally harass African Americans, African American Republican leaders, violently harass African Americans, African American Republican leaders. But we see that Ulysses S. Grant now has the the spotlight he has the spotlight he is the guy that has to lead the country in the right direction and he has to do it with with knowing the fact that the previous president just won the civil war just prevented the the south from seceding so the after so during the election of 1868 what a cool piece of history is is all freed African-American males could vote in this election. Now, why do I say that all? Now, in the past, freed African-Americans could vote. However, due to the passing of the amendments, uh, this is granted a few months before, this gave them the opportunity to have rights as citizens. So the right of citizenship me meant basically that you could vote, if, if, if you weren't being discriminated against wherever you were, which is sad to say that there was obviously, but there was obviously discrimination at these, you know, voting polls, voting booths. So African-Americans had a say in this vote and they obviously, you know, voted in the Republican side because the Democrats were white nationalists, like hard, hard um, white supremacists in the far right. And, and the African-Americans had an impact on this. Now, Obviously, some some states were not allowed to vote because they were not like in the Reconstruction stage yet. So they they put a, the the U.S. government put a damper on these states from voting. So obviously, you know this this perfectly set up the North slash the Republican Party to go in and basically rewire the whole government. They were able to go in and pass more legislation that would allow for the Reconstruction era and the progression towards. Preventing, you know, slavery from occurring, like, under underground, underground slavery from occurring, to prevent, to try to prevent discrimination, and it basically led for progression of the U.S. I could not say that without the 1868 election, it would, the U.S. would be where it is, because I think that the 1868 to... 1872 time period allowed for so much change for so much change for the african-american community and it really put these marginalized groups ahead of where they were right when the civil war ended and i think that's a beautiful thing and um th another thing that came out of the election of 1868 was obviously ulysses s grant did um he, he he got the job done he he got the job like 
done in certain aspects. And what I mean by in certain aspects, I'm going to talk about the KKK hearings of 1871. Now, the KKK hearings of 1871 were where they sat down in court and they said, how are we going to go about the KKK? How are we going to stop them from doing what they are doing? And what they did is they told them to... Tr Grant and the rest of the... Grant and the government put in the act, the KKK Act of 1871. Now, what did this do? This meant that the KKK would be treated as a terrorist organization. This meant that Congress could send the U.S. military and other militant groups to prevent the KKK from doing these harmful acts. So Grant was basically saying, if you're going to try to discriminate, I'm going to step in and I'm going to send the U.S. government, the U.S. military, in to intervene. And this allowed for the protection of African-American citizens, which was something that you know we really didn't see at, at, at during this time period, which was a very rare thing at this time period. And it led to the ultimate demise of the KKK at the time, although we know it comes back later during the World War One era. However, the KKK was basically put on... On like a on an offset for now because they were like, well, we can't do that because the government's going to come down here. So this led to you know a lot of these harmful acts on African Americans were being declined because the KKK wasn't doing these harmful acts a lot anymore. And um, I think that the election of eighteen, obviously on the topic of election of eighteen sixty eight, this really showed that we we can't be sure if Abraham Lincoln would have made more progressive changes than Ulysses S. Grant, but I think that during this time period um, and the fact that the there were so many changes during the time period of Grant meant that, you know, we see progression in, for the African-American community, and we don't know if Abraham Lincoln would have done the same, and it really highlights the the cause and effect of the Civil War. Now the last two things that I'm going to talk about are, I'm going to go over briefly about the five military districts because I don't believe I recall, I, I don't believe I recall covering them in depth, but basically what happened was they separated the newly admitted states, um, and don't worry, this is going to go directly with what comes next, but they basically divided the the newly added states into five different districts. The districts were number one being Virginia, number two being North Carolina and South Carolina, number three being Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, number four being Mississippi and Arkansas, and number five being Louisiana and Texas. So what this did was I, I discussed it, how they had to ratify the 14th and 13th Amendment and how they had to establish a new constitution, but what this meant was this basically prevented the radical right-wing Democrats from taking, like, large progression steps in office because they had to, you know, go about these ways. They had to get through office in, in the South under the military ruling. So, with the 14th Amendment, with the 13th Amendment... Um, this meant that if they rebelled against the Constitution, if they did anything such as participate in the KKK... Congress was able to go in there and say, you can't have these office positions. So this led towards Republican leaders being elected over Democrat leaders, and it led for large changes in the government, whereas African-American people were able to take office. And I think that's a beautiful thing, and I think that I touched upon this, but I really just wanted to go over and say what the five districts were and truly like how, how much change this allowed for. Now, 
you know, I discussed I discussed the backlash from the Southerners, from the white supremacists in the South, and how you know there was things to be done like like preventing voting from happening, and um, some things that occurred were another thing that would occur. Actually, I should discuss was the punishment rule in the Thirteenth Amendment. Now, what do I mean by that? In the Thirteenth Amendment, there was a little there was a little loophole. I should say I don't really want to call it a loophole, but it is a loophole. They said that if slavery is banned except for punishment so what would happen is people would arrest African Americans or say they did this so they would be put back into slavery off of things that sometimes they didn't even commit or it was little things like a little crime like a little theft and this this really showed that the South and and, and many of the the Democrats were trying to you know prevent this change from happening and and we can see that that they try to go about these in, a, in an unorder, un, unorderly fashion, and it, it really, it really goes to show like how how difficult the Democrats were to deal with at this time period, and um, you know, like I said, the voting law, even the voting laws, they put voting laws into place, even the the Fifteenth Amendment allowed people to vote. And then there was discrimination, and there was discrimination, and they put little little laws into place, and and the government couldn't do anything about it because there's nothing you can do. You can't go into these polls. You can't shut it down. Like it would take too much time for the government to do that in their eyes. Well, obviously, you know, it wouldn't take that much time if they did it right. But the government believed that it was too much time, and um, they they basically couldn't do anything about the voting. But it really goes to show that there was so much backlash that just does not get highlighted when we discuss the 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 Civil War and the the the, the after of the Civil War. Everybody just talks about oh it ended slavery, but we don't see that there was white supremacy. There was there was far right conservatism where they 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 opposed African Americans from having rights, where they opposed African Americans from being able to vote, from being able to have office positions. They 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 opposed um they opposed like African Americans from owning land. It, it's terrible what happened, and it doesn't get highlighted enough. And we really need to discuss even the KKK. I, th- until until I did research for this problem, I'll be honest. Until I did research for this this project. I did not know the KKK existed that far back. I thought that was a recent thing, and I did not know this until I researched. And I think that's a shame that it doesn't get talked about enough in the the education curriculum. But that's not what we're talking about today. The last thing I'm going to discuss is the current event connection of Charleston to Charlottesville to January 6th. And now, I know I read the name of what I'm going to be discussing off of the document, but I'm not even going to look. I'm not even going to look at the document itself because I haven't been looking at it this entire time. However, I, I'm, I'm going to be closing that off from my mind from anything about that I've written down or anything that I've researched because I want to go and discuss this fully in depth as much as I can and just really use what's on like what's the knowledge I have from not only the research but from what I have seen in modern day times and compare like talk about how marginalized groups are being affected by these events so as we know Charleston Democrats came in they wanted to elect some guy for state the governor for state uh, office and they shot off warning shots and I don't know what in their minds thought it would be a great idea you know a group a group of many white people they have guns and they're in a a Charleston town 
where it, the majority of the population are African Americans, and they shot guns. They shot guns, and I don't know what, what in the right minds why they would do that because they obviously they're very racist people, but they shot warning shots, and rightfully so, they were met with violence because you know if you shoot at somebody, obviously people are going to shoot back, and that's what happened. And they were met with violence, and these these groups were like shocked because they they were shot at and. I mean, the Democrats were shocked that they were shot at. But in reality, they were shooting first. They shot first, and they were met with conflict, rightfully so. And this is the first image of a rally, per se, of white nationalists, Democrats, hard, hard right people, trying to promote their ideology in a way where violence is happening and then they are met with violence and, and they, they, they go on to the media, the media, they go to the media, the newspaper, and they talk about how terrible Republicans are and blah, 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 blah. And then we are faced again a, a, a few hundred years later. 200 years later, sorry, I should say. Well, less than 200 years later, but you, you get the point. 2017, Charlottesville. Charlottesville, a group of neo-Nazis, white nationalists, far-right conservatism, they start protesting. They start protesting because a Robert E. Lee statue was being taken down, and they start attacking people in the streets. Huh, it sounds very similar to what happened in Charleston about 150 years prior, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And I think that what really goes to show is a lot of these far-right conservative people do not change. The group the group that runs the conservative party does not change over time. You see the same thing throughout history. Throughout history, constantly, they start the fights, and then they are met with backlash. They are met with, they are met with opposition, and then they go to the media to say, blank did this, blank did that. And... I'm going to discuss what I've seen. I've seen a TikTok, on TikTok and I've seen on Twitter. And when I was doing this project, obviously, the research, when I was looking and I see links to Twitter, to TikTok, to YouTube, and they, it's all over media where they are complaining about, oh, they weren't doing anything wrong. They weren't doing this. They weren't doing that. They were clearly in the wrong because they were attacking people while trying to protest their beliefs, which are blatant discrimination, which are blatant racism, which is blatant homophobia, which just basically oppresses the marginalized groups of society. And it really goes to show that there is not much that has changed, even in the 150 years. The guns changed. The street names changed. The, the technology changed, but the fact that they started a rally of discrimination were met with violence after they started the violence, and then they go straight to the media to profess that the other group is bad and not them. And now, for the final current event, the insurrection of January 6th at the Capitol building. Now, during this time period, um, when, when this was done... Um, we all know that the, the, the 2020 election just happened. Pre, President Joe Biden was rightfully elected. And the people, the conservatives, the far right wing, wanted to say that Joe Biden did not win it fairly. And they were going to go in and overturn it. And now the world was like, okay, they're crazy. And they broke into the Capitol building to say that they love the government so much that they think that the, uh, that the election results should be overturned. Not only are they being hypocritical because they just destroyed a government building, they just rebelled and insurrected the government, but they go in and they they basically, you know, 
white white nationalists, conservatives. I keep I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it, it's just a repeat. It's just a constant repeat of history, and I. They go in and they they try to say, oh, we want to flip the election. Nothing changes. Nothing changes from this except people are arrested for being idiots and insurrecting, and rightfully so. And they go to media to profess that they were doing the rightful thing, they were doing the lawful thing, and it's crazy to me how three different events spaced out. Obviously, four year difference in between the last two, but. 150 years, and there's not change in the one party. They are still doing the same thing, and it's crazy to me how they are still oppressing groups, still discriminating against groups, and still claiming that they love the government, when in reality, they are harmful to the government more than most other groups are. And I find that insane. And to end it all off to end it all off to show a, a a clear piece of evidence from the marginalized groups of this this time period in 1868 i'm going to read a a little excerpt of a um, of a speech robert b ellison states in his speech the logical result of this mistake of the framers of the Constitution strengthened the cancer of slavery, which finally spread its poisonous tentacles over the southern portion of the body politic. In the context of, context of this quote, he is talking about how an African American at the time is counted as three-fifths of a person, and he discusses how the cancer of slavery, because of the Constitution, grew so much more in proportional than, than it had been at, like in the South. The government had a huge role in the, the, the spreading of slavery. And uh, as we just discussed, um, you know, the far right has, has a, a job in, in approaching the media and saying that they want to grow the country, but instead it just makes it worse. They made slavery so much worse, and then they had to fix it by going back because they were counting a, a, a human as three-fifths of a person. They made it extremely cancerous and extremely horrif horrifying, horrible for Af the African-American community. And somebody like Robert B. Ellington can show and, and, and state how years later when they when they are when he is in congress he is fighting for the rights of of the african-american community and he has to reverse what the previous government officials did they they uh, they hor horrifyingly oppressed the african-american community for over a hundred years and it's terrible to see how how a young person such as robert b ellington has to now go into congress and and over change all of this and after after this quote after this quote we see that the civil rights act is passed in in 1875 but it really goes to show that he's describing cancer as as slavery as cancer and i don't even think that cancer is is a high enough word to begin to describe what is going on during the time period that this occurs and i think it really goes to show that the marginalized group has has had a a a process a, a such a long process of trying to get back to even the basic rights of of human rights of human equality and i i think that it's beautiful how the, this this man is able to speak on this topic with with such like profound words he's able to profess his words so loudly and able to talk about what needs to be done and as i read the speech i i am just truly mind blown that during this time period when 
there was nothing but racist farmers and, and racist members of the political party. He, he talks about how he wants this to be done to make the, the best possible country he can make. He's not talking about, you know, like, a, like he's not talking about himself. He's talking about an entire country. He's discussing an entire country. He's talking about f freeing the oppression off the backs of an entire country of people. Because during this time period, the, the, the it's the white people oppressing all of the marginalized groups. And, and Mr. Ellington is trying to not only remove this oppression from the African-American community, but all, all communities, the indigenous community, the Hispanic community, all of the, the oppressed people during this time period. And I think that the marginalized groups have truly been undermined for so long. And the, the, this quote is really showing the, the, what the legislation during the reconstruction era, after the reconstruction era, and, and there's so much backlash to what he says, but it really shows how much work is done to put in 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 reconstructing reconstructing U.S. and to getting it past the point of slavery, to getting it to freedom for all. And I think that that is going to be the wrap of my my podcast. I think that I rambled on a bit. I'm really sorry for that, but I really wanted to discuss a lot of different things. I wanted to go more in depth than just this time period. I wanted to give my own little perspective on it, and I hope you enjoyed. See you all later. Bye, Ms. Moore.